Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is the 8-bit big band led by a fellow named Charlie Rosen. Charlie is a multi-instrumentalist. He writes and arranges for musicals on Broadway. He performs, too. He does kind of a little bit of everything, and he's pulled together some of the best young names on the professional jazz scene for the 8-bit big band. I mean, my mind is constantly blown by the musicians he gets to play on these records. He'll talk about the new album that they do have coming out as soon as they can get back into a studio, that is. And man, I loved this conversation, and I love this band. The 8-Bit Big Band, which is a big band slash studio orchestra that ranges between 17 all the way up to our biggest so far has been 65, is a full-size studio orchestra dedicated to arranging video game music in the style of jazz, uh, large ensemble jazz, symphonic, uh, you know, pop style arranging, uh, and all contemporary uh, genres that have to do with large ensemble music. Uh, contemporary big band, you know, but, but that ranges from swing to rock, jazz, funk, R&B, literally anything. I mean, the contemporary big band has become pretty much just a vehicle as opposed to a genre. So, uh, and like video game music has, uh, it's it's a project I've always wanted to do. I'm sort of a lifelong gamer um, and a lifelong musician, of course, and have been playing in large ensembles my whole life since high, yeah, since high school. But my mom is a classical bassoon player and my dad is a jazz pianist and organist. And so... Uh, I grew up going to orchestra rehearsals and hearing big bands and hearing jazz and that kind of thing. And when I was in high school playing in big band, you know, that's where I started uh, trying out my hand at arranging. And since then, I kind of found a home for myself in uh, Broadway theater is where I really got my start, which is fantastic because there's all these various sized orchestras and every Broadway show is a different genre. Uh, so it was kind of a perfect fit for me to break into here in New York. And um I use a lot of the same skill sets uh, arranging for various Broadway shows as I do with this band because each piece requires a sort of different approach and different genres, different vocabulary as an arranger. Like I said, it's something I've always wanted to do. I arranged my first tune from a video game in high school. Nice. And I'd always kind of wanted to do this this kind of project, but never really, you know, did it or I was doing other things and always been in the back of my head. But a few years ago, I took a trip to Japan and a, a friend of mine, Zach Zinger, who plays in the band and has, is a great saxophone player and composer, yeah. I, I told him that I wanted to learn and buy a shamisen, which is a Japanese traditional instrument, stringed instrument, plucked instrument, mm -hmm. and uh, take a koto lesson and all that stuff. And he plays shakuhachi, so he's very familiar with that scene. Uh, and he hooked me up with a friend of his that lived in Tokyo that gave uh, you know shamisen and koto lessons. So I bought a shamisen and I went to this guy's house and he was super, super nice. And he gave me you know, a couple hours of really great lessons and, and uh, technique and, and showed me the koto and the shamisen and all this great stuff. And on my way out, I saw he had a video game soundtrack for a Japanese game called Gambare Goemon sitting on his floor. And I said, oh, I love that soundtrack. That's so such a niche soundtrack. I really like that game and that soundtrack. And he said, oh, you do? Uh, well, let me give you something. And he gave me his album and he has a, a 
traditional Japanese ensemble that plays all video game music for Japanese instruments. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. So I listened to it on the plane and I was like, this is so, so cool. Wow. And that is what inspired me to be like, you know what? Now's the time, I think. I'm so inspired by this. And video game music is such a large collection and a body of work that I've yeah. always loved. You know, I think it's time to start a, a jazz orchestra, a big band, in the same way that there were sort of like house big bands back in the day, you know, the, the Vanguard big band, the Blue Note big band, and these sort of like flagship big bands. I think video game music needs like a flagship big band that's branding is just video game music. This is a video game music big band because yeah. we're not the first big band to play video game music by far. There's plenty of other people who do it, but I wanted the branding of this ensemble to be we arrange video game music for big band studio orchestra just video game music. That's what we do. And we treat it with the same sort of respect that we would treat the American songbook or the canon of film scoring uh, to try and invent this new songbook that I'm, I've been sort of calling the great video game songbook as we've been going <laughs> nice. on. Yeah, and, and give it the same sort of large ensemble, high production value, large instrumental talent uh, versions of these songs that, that you know Nelson Riddle would have done with Frank Sinatra back in the day or all the great arrangers of yesteryear would have given these American songbooks song treatments for all these various performers. So yeah. now we are, three years later. So when you got the idea, I mean, clearly as a, you know, a gigging musician, you you know a lot of other gigging musicians, but uh, how did you come up with a roster for the band? You know, leading up to this band, I have another big band called the Broadway Big Band. This is a, this is the sort of idea I've had before with another collection of music, yeah. uh, with Broadway music. So for the last eight years, uh, I had been playing at a venue called 54 Below with a band called the Broadway Big Band. And when I started doing that at age 22, I was in the theater scene, I played in a few pits, but you know, I didn't know like a ton of people in the jazz scene, which is funny because I really thought in high school and college that's what I was going to do and I ended up in Broadway, which is great. <laughs> and so, you know, I knew some people, I knew Stephen Fifeke and I knew Brian Carter and uh, I didn't know, it's funny to think about now, a time before I knew Andrew Gould, but I didn't know him yet. <laughs> uh, and just through like meeting people in pits and on other gigs and through recommendations, I put together that first big band and since then, you know, things have changed a lot. People have come and gone. But for in doing that big band, I think that's where I sort of grew my roster of like who the up and coming young uh, and incredibly talented jazz people here in New York were. Yeah. And we developed a really good relationship. You know, I we had fun. The gigs were fun. They were sold well. My writing is, I've been, you know, been told not to my own home, but it's fun to play. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I keep things really organized. I, I usually pay. And, uh, and then now we've developed into, I'm friends with all these people. So I have this roster of these like young jazz talents yeah. that when I started doing the Apid big band was a sort of obvious jump over. And just because of the generation that who we are, and there were a lot of them where were, uh, you know, played video games growing up anyway. So it was a really easy transition to be like, oh, of course I'm going to do that big band. That's great, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I was telling you before we hit record that um, I, I recognize a lot of these names from my other job, and I love it when my worlds collide. This happens 
not as often as I would like it to, because it's really fun right. when it does. But, right. Right. <laughs> but uh, it, you know, on on the morning show, I we play a lot of new jazz, and so, cool. um, for instance, uh, uh, you on your first album had a clarinetist named Felix, and he's from Norway. I don't know how to say Felix's last name. Do yeah, you? I, I want to say Pikeley. Okay, that's how I always say it on the air. Okay, I hope <laughs> so I'm hopefully right. that's I hope I'm right too. But he just he blew my the first time I ever heard him on a recording yeah. I was just blown away. Uh, yeah. Benny Benack the uh, third just yep. released a new album in the last uh, six eight months I want to say or so. Yeah, uh, of course Andrew Gould pops up yeah. all the time. He's an alto saxophonist. The drummer right. I always say Jared Jared Schoenig. is that that's I guess, right. okay? That's right. Yeah. Uh, Near Felder guitarist Alex yeah. Wince guitarist. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Zat Zinger. Zach yep. Zinger. I mean, I, I could go on with with some of these. Yeah. And Drummond, for one thing. And Drummond yeah, is yeah. on on like everybody's records these days as a as a flutist, and she's yeah. crazy talented. So, I mean, and that's just on album one. That's and right. <laughs> some of those names change for your other records. So, right. I mean, it's just what a what a great lineup. Of, I mean, these people are professional. Like they're playing professionally. Is I guess my point. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the other thing too. Is you know, there have I'm obviously again far from the first person to cover jazz music. I mean, sorry, cover video game music. Lots yeah. of people have been doing it for a long time, really, really well, and at a, you know, high rate of success. And there's a whole scene for it on YouTube, and there's this sort of underground scene for it, you know, wherever. And there's Magfest, and there's video game festivals, and music. There's always music there, and mm -hmm. uh, but you know, I, I noticed that like no one had ever really tapped into the high level of instrumental uh, musicianship that's existing in this modern jazz world, and so it's cool to finally be able to be the conduit to bring some of these uh, amazing voices on their respective instruments into this body of music, which is in and of itself a very legitimate work of composing. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially if you have an arranger that can take it out of its the function of video game music within a game, which is to loop and and you know whatever and and rework it so that it can work uh, as a standalone arrangement. You know. Right, yeah. So you mentioned uh, earlier, Charlie, that you arranged your first uh, video game tune in high school. What was it? It was Bob on Battlefield from Super Mario 64, which is like the video game music national anthem, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's yeah. great because that is on your first album. It is, but it's not the same chart. I don't even, I'm sure that first arrangement was very bad. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what it was like. I lost that finale file. It's long gone, <laughs> but I know it happened. Yeah. I know it happened. So talk to me about uh, some of your favorite game soundtracks, I guess, then. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously you've got some, I mean, I Lonely Rolling Star from Katamari Damacy yes. on the first album. I mean, just such great stuff. Yes. I love, love that soundtrack. I listened to that oh, soundtrack to death in high school. It was, it's so wacky and unique. It was really like yeah. a, a mainstay for me. But my favorite video game music soundtrack of all time has to be The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which I played the crap out of when I was uh, younger. Uh, and I had the soundtrack too on CD as well, which I loved. And the thing that I always say about that soundtrack is 
I feel like I could do sort of like a PhD dissertation on that soundtrack and how every single track has one gem of music theory wisdom in it that you can extract. There's a lot of unusual time signatures in various little clips here and there and modality and, and uh, uh, really interesting mm -hmm. harmonic movement and, and gems of orchestration and composition. Uh, you know, I, I keep threatening that I'm going to make a YouTube video that actually just does that and goes track by track and goes, here's Lydian, here's 1516, yes. you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. One of these days, like that song where there, where Navi is first flying towards link, really strange time signature. It like switches between seven and six and like, it's very, very strange. That. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, so that's my favorite of all time, but I'm a Nintendo guy. So all of the Mario soundtracks are, are very near and dear to me. Uh, Charlie, I mean, I know you, you you gig, you write, you orchestrate, you play uh, ten thousand instruments, which I do want to get into in a minute. But um, sure. but uh, do you game at all now? Oh, absolutely, yeah, especially now. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I me and my girlfriend were just sitting, and we were like, I think we've like finished maybe ten or 11, like ten or twelve games in the last like two months nice. since we've been on lock three. I mean, we've. We've been gaming basically nonstop and catching up on games that people have always told me like, oh, you have to play this. Yeah, what so, have you yeah. been playing then? What, what, are, what are some of them? Well, let's see. Some of the big ones. You know, I finally, I had never played a Persona game. Oh, wow. I, okay. Yeah. So I played through Persona 5. Nice. Which uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to like because I'm not a big anime guy. Yeah. But the gameplay is just great and the soundtrack's really cool. Um, so the I really soundtrack's like amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I played through that. I'm playing some of the... I've never played a Dragon Quest game. We're playing through Dragon Quest now. Now that is some seriously great writing yeah. music. Oh my God, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful music. Then like some indie games, we played Subnautica. Oh, the nice. Outer, or Outer Wilds was a mm -hmm. really great one that I loved. Yep. Um, um, just trying to remember remembers them off the top of my head. A lot. There's, there's been a ton. I'm sure I'll think of more as we go on. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, uh, so, yeah, Charlie, tell, you mentioned that you obviously grew up in a musical family. So uh, what, ki what kinds of instruments did you initially gravitate toward? Well, when I was three, I started on piano. Okay, that's uh, early. My parents, yeah, it was pretty early. My parents figured out I had perfect pitch around that time. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yep. So, so that means I, that you can hear a note and name it. So you can hear a note and be like, oh, that's an F sharp or that's a D right. flat. Or the way that the common way to relate to it is like I, I can, you know, and the way that people can see a color and say, oh, that's yellow. I can hear a note and say, oh, that's F natural. You know, yep. yep. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So they figured that out. And then I started on piano when I was three. Uh, you know, around my elementary school years, I played, I played cello a little bit. I didn't really like it at the time, but I played for a year or two. Uh, played flute for a little bit when I was younger. I didn't really take to it, but I like, I mean, I, you know, it was around, but it wasn't yeah. like the thing for me. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom is also, you know, a woodwind doubler. So there was tons of woodwinds around. Sure. Uh, but it wasn't until like middle school, my friends started getting into playing in bands and we wanted to be in bands. And then I learned the guitar and bass and I got a drum set and I learned all that stuff. And that's, uh, and then in high school, I started to get into jazz. I ended up going to a uh, high school, uh, a performing arts high school in LA as a drummer. Uh, at first hmm. and playing in the big band on drums uh, it, while still keeping up piano and learning jazz piano. Then about halfway through, 
I picked up upright bass because I was in a jazz, I was in a big band, a high school big band. There was no bass player. And so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll just, I'll just be the bass player. And so, <laughs> and then I ended up going to Berkeley as a bass player. Uh, funny after all that. Yeah. Uh, that's now like what I do professionally. Like I identify as a bass player first, but you know, in high school I also was playing around with brass instruments and I got trumpet and, and a trombone. Uh, you know, I just actually just got a French horn recently, finally, which has been really fun. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so I ended up going to college as a bass player and, um, that's what I was gigging on professionally in New York. But all the while, like my goal had always been like, well, I'm, I'm gigging as an instrumentalist, but the thing I want to do is be band leading and, and, uh, arranging, orchestrating, you know, producing music, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing, more of the creative role of it. Sure. Well, that seems to have worked out because you do, uh, you are quite active in Broadway as well as you mentioned, which you mentioned earlier in the conversation. Talk to me a little bit about that because I mean, I mean, I played in pit orchestras when I was in high school and stuff, but I didn't ever do it outside of that really. I mean, I was never truly a part of that world and that's a very different world, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, it, 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 it's been it's been really great. You know, I, I sort of fell into it. I, I, when I was in high school, I thought I was going to go to college and be a jazz musician. And uh, also when I was in high school, I was in a, a regional production of a brand new musical that was at the Kirk Douglas Theater in L.A. and then eventually at another theater in L.A. And it transferred to Broadway. And I ended up moving to New York right after high school to play in that show. Oh, fun. Uh, the, the gimmick of that show was that it had an all-teenage cast and an all-teenage orchestra. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, which was a really lucky break for me. Yeah. So yeah. away I went and, um, that, you know, I got my foot in the door that way and ended up, you know, doing uh, another pit that had come from LA that I had also done just off chance in high school that happened to transfer to Broadway. So somehow I rolled the dice and two shows that I'd played in high school in LA, both transferred to Broadway a year wow. apart from each other. That's crazy. Very unusual. Yeah. I know, so crazy. So that was my solid foot into the door of playing in pits as a bass player and I was meeting a lot of these young musical theater writers, uh, you know, out at, at at shows and concerts. And, you know, eventually I just started saying like, well, hey, I'll do your, you know, you need horn arrangements. I'll do it for free. You know, you need charts. You, I, you don't have, you can play the piano, but you need somebody to make your charts. Right. Like, I'll do that for you. Neat. You know, so I started getting into that scene doing that. And that just kind of, you know, snowballed and went on and on doing horns for people's albums, getting up until people started trusting me doing like one chart for their off-Broadway show or orchestrating their cabaret, you know, their whole cabaret or for the for mm-hmm. septet or octet. And that just, you know, snowballed, snowballed. I started the Broadway big band. People saw that I had large ensemble chops. I started doing one song in a Broadway show as a team of orchestrators. And then eventually that went on and on. And I got, then I started doing full shows as an orchestrator, you know, um, the cool thing about Broadway is that again, uh, it's sort of because I feel like I identify as such a musical chameleon, you know, in my arranging and genre. The parallels between video game music and Broadway are that all Broadway shows are a different genre of music that has been dramatized in order to do the storytelling of the show. Yeah. Same thing with video games. You know, all video game soundtracks are are dramatized genres of music that mm-hmm. help to serve the story and the environment and the mood of the game and are and. Uh, so yeah, as an arranger, understanding all the the vocabulary of a certain genre, what makes it tick, its qualities, its chord changes, its articulation, its instruments, like yeah. that's the thing I love to do the most. And so it was easy to transfer my skills as a Broadway arranger into uh, video game music arranging. Yeah, no kidding. Um, obviously, things are different now. This is you know mid twenty twenty, so performances, live performances, aren't happening. I mean, they are a little bit here. I'm sure that has not started up in New York yet, has it? Right. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, we're very far from it. Before that all happened, what what kinds of places were you getting to play with the 8-Bit Big Band? 
Well, we first started out, the first show I ever did about a year after I released the first album uh, was at a, a venue called Subculture, which is a, a sort of downtown uh, in the Greenwich Village uh, spot. It's about 150 people. Lots of like contemporary jazz artists play there, big bands, contemporary classical. It's a really great room, really beautiful, nice sounding. And uh, so I thought, okay, it's been a year. I don't know what's going to happen. Let I, I have played there with other artists, so I know the people there. Let's do a test show. Let's do a test show there and see what happens. 150 yeah. people. If only 50 people show up, it'll still be fun. We'll have a good time. Um, I put it on sale two months in advance. It sold out in three days, which was like, oh, my God. So I put up, we did another show, a late show, and that sold out after a month. And so that sort of was like, oh, this is this is a thing. We This is going to be a thing. And then we did that show. It went fantastically. Uh, we got an offer after that show to play at the BPC in uh, in Boston, which really at the time was like, that's scary. That's in a thousand seat theater. Oh, my God. <laughs> but we played there. That also sold out. That was like six months later. Uh, and then another, or maybe like four months later or something. And then another four months after that, we played at Sony Hall in New York City, which is a pretty new venue that seats about 500. Uh, and that sold out really well. And so at that show, uh, there was a gentleman who runs a production company called MGP Live. And they produce large orchestra and large ensemble video game music concerts. Like they produce the Symphony of the Goddesses okay. tour. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're doing the Assassin's Creed orchestra tour. And nice. so they specialize in like big orchestra playing franchise video game music things. Classical though, all classical mm-hmm. orchestra mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and he came to the show because he saw a Facebook ad, which, wow, I can't believe that worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he literally saw a Facebook ad, came to the show. And loved it. And we met with him and he's like, I want to, I want to, we don't have any, you know, contemporary music or jazz or pops. And he's been a, he's a huge jazz fan and like, this would be perfect. What a perfect thing. So we've been in before the shutdown, we were in talks with him about starting to do like a seven city U.S. tour to start, you know, test that market. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then the shutdown happened and now that's all, you know, pending still. But that is sort of the trajectory once things get up and running again is uh, we've played in Boston twice. We did the BPC twice. We've done three shows in, or no, only two shows in New York as a test ground and things have gone really well. So we're now in talks once things get started again to do like a major a major city tour and see how that goes. And then who knows? Sky's the limit. Let's, let's go. My goal is to play in Tokyo at some point in the next couple of years. Tell me about the virtual community orchestra. Yeah, so that that uh, was literally 100% me in my bedroom doing all of that. <laughs> all right, well, explain I what it is because it's I very cool. Some people helped. I, I had that idea because, you know, there's this huge fan base. I know there's so many musicians out there that are fans, and I wanted to give people something to do as we were locked down. And I know, like, a lot of our fans, you know, are musicians and maybe don't get a, a chance to do this kind of thing, which is what professional musicians do all the time. So I wanted to make an opportunity for that. And I thought, oh, everybody's playing Super Smash Bros, like myself, and and this main theme would be a great way to, for, to bring everybody together. So I did this full orchestra arrangement with instruments that I thought nobody will ever, just in case, just in case somebody has a contrabassoon. Let me put a contrabassoon part. Just in case somebody has a bass sax. Let me put a bass sax. Just in case someone has a contrabass clarinet. Uh, and so I did this full thing. 
thinking I'd get, you know, if I get, again, this is a similar story that I just told. If I get 75 submissions on this yeah. Google form, that'll be a really huge orchestra. How exciting. Well, we ended up getting 664 people who wanted <laughs> to record themselves and be Amazing. a part of this orchestra. And at that point, I was like, I, I asked for the help of my editors, my video editors, and the help of an engineer to help me mix all this. Yeah. But yeah, I, I put all the files together and uh, sent them off and, and edited it and figured out a way to make sure that all 664 people were represented in some way. And wow. uh, yeah, it was, it's pretty amazing. So we ended up with like five contrabassoons, four <laughs> contrabass clarinets. I know, it, it blows my mind. Three <laughs> bass saxes, things I never would have guessed. Yeah, no, pretty like who has there. that in their house? Like I just... <laughs> right, I know. And then like, I think there were, I want to say it's like 65 alto saxes or something insane like that, you know? The list of altos is ridiculous, insane. but it's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty great. So that was fun. Surprisingly, although it is video game music, so maybe not as surprisingly, but the trombone list is quite long as well. <laughs> yeah, right? <I> know. <laughs> trombone and alto sax were by far the biggest ones. That's amazing. Wow, how fun. Charlie, what more would you like to say? I mean, you've got so many irons in the fire, and I've just had so much pleasure from listening to 8-Bit Big Band. It's just it's so just so well, just really well done. Oh, good. I'm so happy to hear that. Well, you know, uh, we're working on our third album. It was going to be out this summer before the shutdown happened. We have to do one more recording session, and our third album is going to come out. And i got to say, personally, I think it's my favorite so far. I mean, every time <laughs> we do a recording session, the band just gets tighter, and my arranging style gets more locked in on what this is and the third sure. album sounds really incredible it's got some great special guests got grace kelly again it's got leo p on it which is very cool oh, grace kelly uh, talk about alto yeah. sax yeah yeah exactly mm. she rips on it uh leo pellegrino is on it on nice. barry um i'm just let's see i'm pulling it up right now hit a big pen library what else we got? Oh yeah, Benny is singing another song. He's back. Benny Benack, uh, yeah. Yeah, we got a, a, there's a keyboard player in LA named Jake Silverman. He goes by Button Masher. And what he does is he plays a MIDI organ and he takes the sounds from actual Super Nintendo games and yeah. he makes arrangements of the games on them. And he is a just wow. fusion, reharm, contemporary jazz, just bad mofo. It sounds <laughs> nice. so good. We have Adam Neely on a couple tracks. Mm. Um, just it's gonna be it's really really fantastic and in the meantime I think I'm making an EP right now for immediate release of five songs remotely of all songs from Animal Crossing from KK Slider. <laughs> so that's, that's coming out soon. Sweet. Yeah. So you know as soon as we can get back in the recording studio we'll have our third full album out. Uh, and if people want to you know follow us on social media on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at the Eight Bit Big Band. That's where they'll hear about it first. If people chat on Discord, we have a Discord fan server that is linked to from our Instagram. Very active, super fun. Cool. Um, what else? I don't know. That's <laughs> this is it. Huge thank you to Charlie Rosen. What a pleasure to talk with him, and I can't wait for that third album. Thanks for listening to episode 136 of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Charlie Rosen, the 8-Bit Big Band, 
and us at patreon.com slash level. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media, Inc.